0: Today's readings taken from Exodus chapter 3 and starting at verse 1. Now, Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father in law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. And Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I'll go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And at this, Moses hid his face, because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I've heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned "'about their suffering. "'So I've come down to rescue them "'from the hand of the Egyptians "'and to bring them up out of that land "'into a good and spacious land, "'a land flowing with milk and honey, "'the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, "'Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. "'And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, "'and I've seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. "'So go now, I am sending you to Pharaoh.' to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, well, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you. And this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Moses said to God, well, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, well, what's his name? Then what shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you.
1: Thank you, Dave. Always rely on Dave for drama or any dave in fact maybe yeah so um we are revisiting bible stories that's what we're doing at the moment at top church revisiting um stories that you may be familiar with and um, I won't bore you with where we've been, you can just bore yourself by looking on our website. In fact, sorry, they're really interesting sermons, so if you look back at our website on SoundCloud, you'll, uh, you, you can catch up with all manner of characters and stories there. Um, but Moses, Moses is massive. I mean, look, he's a huge chap, um, in that picture anyway, but no, he probably wasn't, I don't know. Um, but literally Moses, the story of Moses, is huge. So thank you to whoever decided to give me Moses um, to uh, speak on today, because there is so much to his story. You have Moses was the baby in the basket, remember uh, Moses in the bulrushes, brought up in an Egyptian household. Moses was a double refugee, did you know? Because he fled from Egypt um, after he killed somebody. Um, Moses lived as a shepherd and um, he, he heard God from a burning bush. Moses perhaps had a speech impediment because he had to get his brother Aaron to speak for him. And then you've got all the plagues upon Egypt You've got the first Passover as the angel of death passes over the Israelite households, keeping them safe. You have got the Exodus. Huge, that story. The Exodus. And the parting of the Red Sea. And then you've got pillars of cloud by day. And pillars of fire by night. You've got the golden calf. You've got the Ten Commandments. You've got the Ark of the Covenant. You've got manna in the desert. You've got water from rocks. And you've got stars turning into snakes. All this is part of Moses' story. So have a look. You won't be disappointed. It's quite, there's quite a lot to it. And so, yes, I will not be uh, looking at all of these things today. But let us just quickly recap on where we were and where we got to last week. Last week, we looked at Joseph. And James helped us consider some of the characteristics of that well-known person, Joseph but he did that from a fresh perspective and so yeah if you didn't catch it then do get on SoundCloud on our website and and have a listen but Jacob and his family are driven to Egypt by famine and it is there in Egypt that Joseph helps them survive and their needs are met and they end up settling in Egypt But then you fast forward a couple of hundred years, a couple of hundred years goes by. They grow in number, and they eventually become oppressed and enslaved. But nonetheless, their numbers continue to grow, and then they start, um, the control measures upon them as a populace start to get more and more brutal, and to the point where their baby boys are being killed at birth. And so this is a terrible situation for the Israelites to be in. And they're living amidst the horrors of a full-blown humanitarian crisis. That really couldn't be further away from the promise that God had given them through Abraham. A promise of being a great nation through whom all of the nations in the world would be blessed. So what will God do? How does God respond? So in that passage that we read, we catch a glimpse of God's heart. Of God's compassion and God's concern about human suffering. God sees and hears the cries of the people. But not only does God see and hear, God does actually do something. God acts and as is often the way, he does something not quite what you might expect. So what does he do? God makes a call. So no, he didn't make that call on a phone. I'm afraid they did not exist. But he did make that call from the next best thing, which is a bush. Yes, of course. It was a bush, of course. God calls someone because that's how God likes to operate. Remember, through people, God is unfolding his story. So just as God called Noah, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, God again calls a person, that person is Moses. So after that very rather long, it felt, introduction, we shall get on to Moses. And um, I just want to help us look at Moses, just three simple points. We will look Moses, who isn't quite sure who it is who's called him. Second, we'll consider why Moses, of all people, why him. And finally, we'll consider and remind ourselves that God calls each one of us. So, we have another slide. There you go. Who here has got God summed up completely and utterly? Who? is absolutely certain of their faith, certain of who God is. No doubts at all. Oh, James, what are you doing? Nobody. (laughs) No, of course, most of us would have shaken our heads. No, no, but, you know, there are some churches with some people in who do believe they've got it all summed up, but I'm not. Yeah, that's that. Um, uh, But here is what is fascinating. God calls him to one of the most significant events ever seen. And yet, he barely knows who God is. Isn't that incredible? He barely knows who God is. And that's because Moses, he may have been an Israelite by birth, but he was brought up as an Egyptian He would have been far more familiar with the multiple gods that were worshipped in Egypt rather than the one true God. And so that is why Moses asks God, and who should I say has sent me? He just doesn't know. And God replies, I am who I am, and I will be with you. And that is enough for Moses, well at least for, for now, because he has lots of questions a bit later on, protests a bit, but you know. So I don't know, do you feel like that sometimes? Do you feel that maybe it's all a bit of a mystery? You don't actually know who God is, what God is up to. So if you do feel like that, you can be kind of like, you know, um, encouraged that actually you have more in common with some of the biggest biblical characters um, than you realised. So you know, don't think you have to have it all summed up before you can do anything. That isn't how God works. God simply wants us to be willing. And God will call us whether we know all about him or not. So if it wasn't Moses' you know, great knowledge and theological mindset... And if it wasn't his sort of already faithfulness and following of God, what was it? Why did God choose Moses? So we saw in the story already that Moses is a man of justice. In his early years, he stepped in um, to protect an Israelite who was being beaten by an Egyptian. But he also intervened when he saw an Israelite mistreating another, Israelite and he had that strong sense of social justice and you know he was going to need that strong sense of social justice if he was going to lead a million or more people out from oppression and slavery into freedom he was going to have to have that firm and strong conviction but he was also a man who worked as a shepherd And so, no doubt, as he cared for the sheep in the wilderness, he would have learned some valuable skills about surviving the wilderness, which was a good job because, again, he was going to lead people out from a a very kind of, you know, thriving city where, you know, into a desert place where, yes, they were free, but they would be homeless and they would be just wandering in a desert. But Moses was also, like I said, a refugee himself. Moses had already escaped from Egypt. So he had learned it was possible to be free. He had learned it was possible to survive outside of the city. And he also learned that the desert was a place where you could meet God and where God speaks, and indeed that is where God speaks later on to them all. So perhaps there's something um, about Moses' own experiences being like a foretaste or a pattern of what God wants to do with Israel. So what has happened in Moses' life is a a pattern for what God wants to do in Israel. with the israelites god will rescue them and lead them out of slavery to a promised land and i just wonder if this is something that you can connect with whether this is a familiar thing i think this is so often how god works that god does something in our life that god wants to do in the lives of others So God has set us free. God wants to set others free too. God is working in and through our church here at Top Church. And I believe that the community we have here and our learning to worship together as a community and build relationships is blessing our community. And that's what God wants for all of Dudley, to be built up and refreshed and brought into community, and find a place of worship and belonging. So pause and consider that. Perhaps what God is doing in your lives right now is something that he also wants to do in someone else's life. And lastly, we are called... So I really um, enjoy our opening liturgy and I particularly like the opening liturgy we are using at the moment. We declare how God worked throughout history and we end it by saying here, in our time, in our places, God is unfolding his story. And this is where we all become participants God's story gets to unfold in our personal lives. So, if we take Moses as our example today, how how does God's story unfold? It is through calling of individuals. So, one thing I really appreciate and love about the Church of England is how it emphasises calling and discerning God's call in our lives. And this really, really helped me. And it gave me a, a, a real kind of renewed sense of my own calling so much. So I got ordained. So, you know, I really appreciate that. Now, Moses' calling was is very, very unique. As some people at the door here. So Moses' call was very unique. It was a very precise call. He knew exactly what God wanted him to do. He knew exactly what God wanted him to say. His instructions were very clear. But you see, it doesn't often happen like that, not to that degree. And I think calling for many of us is actually more similar to how the disciples were called. Jesus called them by name and just asked them to follow him and they did but they did so with no idea really what that meant or where that was to lead and calling for them and is for me a part it's a sense, there's a sense of adventure to it it's trusting god to lead us knowing that god has a promise to fulfill And therefore, I'm going to just work with God to help God fulfill that promise, whatever that might involve. So today, maybe you're like Moses and you have a strong sense of what God is calling you to. Maybe like the early disciples, you just know Jesus has called you. And that is good enough. So it really doesn't matter. My prayer for us all, especially in this time when our world is in crisis and when people cry out in suffering, my prayer is that the God who sees and hears will continue to act, continue to do something and that through calling of individuals just as Moses did we will respond to that call with our yes. Amen. Let's um, just pray. I thank you, God, that your story is your story. That your story does unfold in the lives of people, in the lives of your created in the lives of us here today. And so I just pray for each one of us just to know and sense that call upon us, that call simply to respond to you as you respond to the suffering in the world, as you hear the cries of the people, as you hear the pain in the world. I pray that as you respond and you do so by calling us to action, I just pray for us now that we would just find ourselves renewed with that sense of call upon our lives. For your sake, amen.